The first question is from an anonymous. Hi, Ajahn. Thank you for this retreat. Regarding my faith and practice, I noticed that I have a dip in practice every three to four weeks. I will be inspired by the path and the practice for four weeks, then I will feel life is meaningless. I imagine I will end up having stage four cancer and die tomorrow. I asked myself, why do I need to continue with this right livelihood if sickness and death is coming tomorrow? I will take a break from Dhamma work and Sutta reading completely. This pattern has occurred for the past six months. May I seek your guidance? Thank you. So this is uh, establishing one's mind incorrectly. Uh, so that you said you have effort in your practice for three to four weeks. Uh, that is good. Uh, but then to imagine about sickness and death, uh, that is contemplating sickness and death. So this is the contemplation of death. Uh, but it's done incorrectly uh, because there's delusion that uh, comes up. If you think that, well, if I die, then so what should I do then? Uh, or what, why bother doing anything? Uh, then that's not correct. Some uh, practitioners may fall into this type of uh, thinking or, or wrongly establishing their mind in this way. For Venerable Ajahnanan himself, he said that uh, there was one point when he did contemplate on death and it was the chore time in the monastery and he was thinking about death, that if he died, he had to die, then why bother sweeping the leaves in the monastery because he has to die. Uh, so he just sat there indifferently doing nothing. But then the wisdom arose that this is uh, incorrect, this is not right. This is a form of uh, tini, tinamita, uh, uh, sloth and torpor. It's a form of delusion, a form of uh, depression as well and is incorrect. So to contemplate on death, then one's mind should be uh, more have more determination in order to build goodness. One has more determination to meditate, to chant, to bhavana, to develop their minds. They really want to uh, find and develop more knowledge in, in the Dhamma, develop more goodness. So it's not that uh, one does nothing. They're thinking that, well, uh, what if I die? Um, but if you uh, really have to die, sorry, uh, so if you think in this way, then what are you going to eat? Uh, you won't build any goodness. And if one day you really do get sick and die, then you need to have built a lot of mindfulness and samadhi. Uh, and that is the correct uh, way or correct uh, action that you have to, to take. You don't just wait there for sickness and death to come to you. That's not uh, reflecting on it correctly. You should see the, the danger uh, in this and in the world, and you bring up more effort in order to build goodness.
This question is from an anonymous. Firstly, I would ask for forgiveness from Ajananan as I am unable to practice well during this retreat because I am unwell post-COVID. However, this morning's talk by Ajan Anan was so profound that I was, I was attentive to the fact that everything that arises ceases away, leading to Brahmin Godanya's enlightenment. I listened right to the end without any bodily discomfort. And for a moment, I thought I had recovered, but that's not so. Listening to the Dharma was a wonderful respite from my condition. For the benefit of all of us, I seek Ajahn's advice on how to address pain or bodily discomfort during sickness. In addition to my earlier question on how to address illnesses, I am curious as to how Ajahn Chah view and manage his prolonged illness. Thank you. So listening to the Dhamma well can bring up wisdom and you can bring up uh, different uh, feelings or uh, qualities. There can be peace arising, rapture and samadhi arising from listening to this Dhamma well. The mind can, or at that time the mind was able to separate from feelings and if uh, one has a lot of rapture and peace there, then one can uh, separate out from feelings or go above uh, the feelings. Uh, so it sometimes it can be that it's the body that uh, sort of makes that sickness or listening to the Dhamma, then the sickness uh, is alleviated and that's possible as well. Um, but listening to the Dhamma, you can feel a sense of ease and the mind may not hold on to those uh, feelings like, us like usual and there's feelings of rapture and peace and happiness arising in the mind. But after that, uh, then one goes back to being uh, holding on to those feelings again. Uh, the uh, one hasn't yet separated out the feelings, uh, just seeing it as simply being feelings. Uh, and so when one has that rapture and samadhi arise and one can do that, separate that out. Uh, and so uh, we have to train in developing good uh, samadhi. Uh, be able to separate out the feelings from the mind. And even if in the beginning we only can do this a bit, we can develop our samadhi enough that we can separate out the feeling sometimes, but at other times we can't, uh, that's still good. We just keep uh, training in this. For Venerable Ajahn Chah, how did he practice with his sickness? Uh, he was able to separate out the feeling completely uh, there was times that when he was sick that he would go to uh, a branch monastery of uh, Wat Nong Papong uh, and a very quiet, peaceful place and he would uh, go into the Kuti, the hut, alone for a long time uh, and 
maybe three days or five days in order to overcome his sickness. So he'd go back to Wat Nompapong after that and say that he was treating his sickness. And so he could use his samadhi in order to treat his, his sickness. Um, and uh, he was able then to uh, to use that samadhi yeah, to treat his body. And at the time when he was bedridden for a period of 10 years, uh, he was able to separate out his mind, uh, the feelings out from the body. Uh, there was once when uh, a doctor tried to measure Venerable uh, Ajahn Chah's blood pressure uh, with the blood monitor or the, the uh, with the monitor and uh, nothing came up on there. They couldn't measure his blood pressure at all. Uh, and when they took it off, uh, Ajahn Chah and tested it, it worked fine. Uh, and so uh, they told him not to disturb uh, Ajahn Chah because he was in or entered a very high level of samadhi. Uh, and this is when he would rest uh, his uh, mind uh, and this would help him uh, help his body and so he was then able to last or uh, live for 10 years in that uh, bedridden state. Oh, sorry, and so for yourselves then, uh, this Sergeant Chaya trained his, his mind uh, fully and so for you, you keep training and one day you'll be able to uh, separate out uh, feelings more and more. This question is from an anonymous. Dear Ajahn Anand, does the meditator always see a light, as often mentioned as limitas, if one has good concentration? Anumotana. And so, in Dhamma practice, or when one develops more peace, calm in the mind, some practitioners will get limitas or light arising. Uh, and it's like that when one closes one's eyes, then it feels bright. Uh, but if one opens it, then it's uh, normal. One doesn't see that light. It feels dark inside still. Uh, or it can be one closes one's eyes and feels like it's light around one. So we call this opasa. And one can get deluded in this um, as a form of defilement that one sees this as being the past and fruits of Nibbana. Uh, so it is uh, possible that this light arises in the mind when one has peace uh, or samadhi arising. But not everyone will get this. Uh, and some people will feel uh, kind of uh, small or, or bad that they don't get this. They don't get this light or nimitta. Uh, some people uh, they feel like the people who have those lights in their practice and uh, they're better than them. Uh, and maybe they feel like, oh, I've been practicing a long time uh, and I haven't seen any lights. Uh, some monks feel may feel this way. They might hear lay people tell of, oh, they were able to see this or see this light uh, and may feel quite bad that, oh, they've been practicing for many years now and didn't see any light at all. But don't be deluded in this point. 
uh, some uh, there was once uh, back then where monks were sort of uh, not really arguing but de maybe debating more or, or discussion came up and uh, one they'd say this monk has this uh, was able to see this light and that other monk wasn't able to um, and so one day Venerable Ajahn Chah uh, gave a talk saying that do you want to see why do you want to see lights uh, you can if you want to see them you can go to the city the village uh, see them in the houses they're full of lights uh, and so he said it in this way so that the monks wouldn't get deluded about this and he said there's lots of lights in the cities and the houses so if we do see uh, lights then we see it as being impermanent if we don't see uh, lights in the practice then we also see it as being impermanent so we're not careless on this point and the correct path is to develop good samadhi and then contemplate the body as being impermanent, unsatisfactory, and not self. And then this is where light arises. Uh, as, uh, some, so whether some people get lights in their meditation, they see it, and some people don't get it, don't be deluded in this because uh, the light that we are aspiring for is the light of wisdom that arises in our heart. And this is something that, that is much better than uh, those lights or those limiters. This last question is from an anonymous. Dear Longpa Anan, I am contemplating heavenly realms to aim for future lives where I can continue practicing the Dhamma. In the prior life of the Buddha, he resided in Dusita heaven, and Maitreya, the future Buddha, is also currently in Dusita. However, I read that there are two higher heaven realms and Mara resides in the highest heaven realm. Instead of residing in the higher heavens like Mara, why do Bodhisattvas choose Dusita heaven? And why is Dusita heaven special? Thank you for your teachings. So we know that the Dusita Heaven realm is the abode of the, the great or the Maha Bodhisattva, the one who has the full Bharami spiritual perfections and in the next birth will become enlightened uh, for certain. Uh, and this Tusita realm is also uh, for the Bodhisattvas who have not yet received a prediction from a past Buddha. Uh, there's also uh, many of the Dewas, the divine beings that have attained to Sodapana and Osakadagami, uh, the first two stages of enlightenment. Uh, and there's also those that have made a great amount of merit by developing goodness uh, through the practice of Dana, Sila, and Bhavana. So these are in this uh, two-seater heaven realm as well. So they have a lot of, of merit uh, and their lifespan is uh, in the two-seater heaven realm is 4,000 divine years. And so enjoying that happiness and 
from the from there uh, and then they'll continue on then after to keep building Barami. The two heavenly realms above that, uh, the, the devas that delight in creation, Nimanarati, and the devas that will power over the creation of others, the Paranimita, Vasavati, uh, these have longer lifespans than the Tusita heavenly realm. And so the Tusita realm is a good realm for uh, those beings that I've just mentioned um, and they're one that they're able to and so the ones into Sita heavenly realm they can uh, go into Samadhi establish their minds to be reborn and 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 uh, they will do that in order to build uh, Barami further in their next birth but for the other realms, they have to wait until their lifespan has ended and then they can be reborn. Uh, so this is then uh, those who want to be reborn in this uh, Tusita realm because of this. And so in this realm, uh, they all are very good uh, beings. They're very interested in the Dhamma, very interested and have a lot of goodness. They're not interested in things outside of uh, this, and they have a lot of brightness. And so those who want to be uh, reborn in the Tusita heavenly realm have to uh, build a lot of dana, sila, and bhavana, or even attaining to uh, the noble attainments still can be reborn in the Tusita heavenly realm. Uh, so the heavenly realms above that, uh, the two realms above that, uh, that is those who have jhana. Um, usually those who have jhana in the current life, they're reborn in the Brahma realms. Uh, but in this case, uh, these are beings that have been able to attain to jhana, but uh, they die outside of that jhana. And so they're not reborn in the Brahma realms, but instead in these two heavenly realms. And so here they are able to enjoy a lot of happiness that they can create. They can create uh, what they want uh, and enjoy the happiness uh, from that thing that they, they like or they enjoy. And this comes from the result of their samadhi and merits that they've built. Uh, and so uh, this is also uh, a lasting for a very long time because of that uh, samadhi that they've built. Uh, so those that want to build uh, Barami will try to go to the Tusita realm, heavenly realm. Uh, there's the, uh, the bodhisattvas that have a, a prediction, uh, have received a prediction, and those that haven't received the prediction and the, the areas that those noble beings I mentioned, and uh, those who have a lot of dana, sila, and bhavana, uh, and so they're able then later to keep building their Barami as well. So inside the Tusita heavenly realm, it's also separated into four uh, sections as such, that the inner one is for the, uh, the, no, the ones who've attained the Aryas, like the Sotapanas and Sakadagamis there that have been reborn there. Uh, the second is for the uh, Niyata, 
bodhisattva, those the bodhisattvas who've received a prediction, and so they have a very unique uh, merit that they've they've made. And the anyata bodhisattva is another section that those bodhisattvas that have not yet received a prediction. Uh, and the uh, fourth section as such is for those of great merit, uh, those who have built a lot of merit and goodness and practiced a lot of um, developing their mind, meditation, uh, the kamatana. Uh, and so those that have built a lot of merit whether helping the Buddha sasana, helping society, maybe building schools, helping children, uh, spreading the Dhamma. So all this is very high merit that they've, they've built. Uh, and uh, those as well that uh, having also built their practice as well, their bhavana, their meditation, being very determined in it, and they have a, you could say, superior inner strength compared to others, uh, that strength of having done dana, sila, and, and bhavana. Uh, so this is why uh, this, uh, they want to be reborn in this two-seater heavenly realm and they continue on, uh, they can continue on building their barami. Uh, so if you uh, want to be reborn there, then uh, you have to keep continually building uh, merit and goodness to a high level.